Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Moms That Say Fuck, hosted by yours truly, Alana Kapitz and Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm Alana, the CEO and founder of Moms Toronto. We're on a mission to bring moms together and give them a great day, revolutionizing maternity leave. And I'm Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm a pediatrician and pediatric emergency medicine doctor. I provide no-nonsense child health advice, dispelling myths, and empowering parents to parent confidently and raise your healthiest kids. Together, we have six kids under eight. We are eager to chat with other moms, entrepreneurs, and interesting people about everything from sex to alcohol, sleep woes, and body shaming. We aren't afraid to talk about taboo topics or share our many opinions. We say it like it is and want to get to the heart of the issues facing moms and caregivers everywhere. Come join us. <laughs> we can do it. She was super fan. Love it. Uh, okay, mamas and papas, welcome to Mamas Let's Say Fuck with our guest tonight, Abby Sharp. She's a media registered dietitian, a national spokesperson, a TV and radio personality, a YouTuber, a food show blogger, an author, and the founder of Abby's Kitchen Inc. You might have seen her on a regular contributor on the Marilyn Dennis show. And uh, I've been following Abby for a long time. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Abby. Yeah, this is a really fun collab for me because I am definitely a mom that says fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've like built a reputation as a dietitian that says a lot of fuck. Yeah. And uh, and like sometimes it gets me a lot of flack. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Dina, but like I, I get some like emails from like crotchy old women who are like, I really enjoy your content, but I just I'm really offended by the the the, your, the curse words you use. I just mm-hmm. think you need to pull back on the profanity. Mm-hmm. Where are but you swearing that people are commenting? YouTube on? mainly, mm-hmm. uh, not, not like on live television like right. that. I've I've really like had to train myself not to. It's like one of my biggest fears to say fuck accidentally yeah. on like the Marilyn Dennis show. Yeah. Um, on the next seven, yeah, fucking shot. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. Yeah. Um, I'm the same actually in person. I try really hard not to swear. Because yeah, I swear. A lot it's in, in your life, life, and it's like very much, you know, my part of your thing. Even like with our kids, and it, I have to train myself, but I don't swear in front of patients. But it catches me off guard when people do swear in front of me, and I think they're looking for me to swear back. Right. And a lot of my patients think that we're buddies. A lot of my, my patients, we are buddies. Yeah. And so it, I'm always like, do I, do I not? How, how appropriate is this? And obviously, if they have like a young child versus like a newborn, of whatever. course. Um, but, but like, Alana will come in as a patient, <laughs> and I'm like, do I talk like you're my friend? Yeah. My patient? Do I say fuck? Do I not? Anyway, but uh, dad today, t- today we were, he was showing me some pictures like, look at this crazy fucking rash. And I was like, that's a rash. <laughs> that's a rash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird. yeah. But now I think actually people are swearing with me more, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think one of the reasons why we named it this is like, I'm a mom that says fuck behind the office, you know, like yes. outside of the office, like this is who I actually yeah, am. Yeah, wear a lot people, of hats. People, people, uh, whatever, people are cool with it, mostly. I haven't no, had anyone I, I agree. for it yet. I, I just keep doing me and yeah. people I think appreciate the realness um, in general. And Authenticity and no is so yeah. huge in the Amen. kind of social influencer space. Yeah. I'm using air quotes for those who can't see me. Yeah. Because um, I fucking hate that 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 term, but yeah. it's, it's you know, recognizable. But um, yeah, it. I think that it is really important and yeah, if people don't like it, then don't fucking watch it. So don't Abby, you've been like in the like the content creation yes. community probably longer than most women yes. I know. Can you give us a little bit of background about so Dina understands and our yeah. listeners know a little bit more? So um you know how did it all start? Because you were doing social media and totally. YouTubing before anybody it's, I know. It's true. I was like one of the early adopters. Yes. Um and so I 
became a dietitian and I knew that I kind of wanted to go in the media like world because I had an early um, background in television and like as a kid I did a lot of like theater and acting so that was very much part of my skill set I guess and I wanted to find a way to kind of exploit that in some way um, and after doing my internship as a dietitian I was like oh I fucking hate clinical work it was not for me I hated working in the hospital I hated like counseling patients um, it just it, it didn't fulfill me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so why'd you go into that field? Well, because I was really interested in nutrition okay. and and food in general. And I was food specifically, but I knew that the the chef life was not for me. Um, so it just felt like that. And I like science. So like it, it was a good fit for me, but I I I really just didn't think that working I, I didn't know that I wasn't gonna enjoy working clinically until I got there and I was yeah. like, this is not this is not fun for me. Um and so I kind of um dove into right like writing a food blog, which started off very much as as a food kind of Toronto based food blog, which is I think like where we met originally mm-hmm. Alana. Um and uh and that as I kind of grew my audience and my and my readership and my you know my my um uh, following I kind of was able to work with a lot of brands as a registered dietitian spokesperson and things like that. So it's built over time and it started as a blog, which then, you know, the social media platform started to become very prominent. So Instagram became like a really important piece of it. And then after my YouTube, my uh, blog had built a, like a solid following, um, my, my good friend who you also know, Kyla Zanardi. Oh yeah. She, she's amazing. She, she was like, Abby, we need to get in this YouTube space. And I was like, fuck no. Like it's so much work. It's going to be like a whole beast in itself. Um, but like we found a way to like do it on the cheap, to do it like in an accessible way. And now of course we have a full team that runs our channel and like it's like a fully functioning other business. Um, but it started off very grassroots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I think was interesting about Abby, which I sort of resonated to, is that Abby is an eater. Like you, yes. love, she loves food. Like you, Dina, mm-hmm. loves food, loves fine food. Abby was one of the first person I ever knew who like we actually ran into each other. Was it on your honeymoon? Was it my honeymoon? Um, no, we were just in Spain. I think together. We were, yeah, we're just like in Spain. Together. We ran into each other in Spain, <laughs> and yeah. my, no, because well, Matt, Matt, I actually Abby and Matt know each other because my husband's right. ex-industry, yeah. and Abby had this blog that was interesting because she would like would basically review food, but she was also a nutritionist right. or a dietitian. See, I fucked there, it there up. You go. there you go. I knew I was gonna do it. <laughs> I don't think most people. No, so we'll, let's come sure. back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's Sorry. it. So that's how it happened is that the, is that Abby had a really interesting, she wrote a lot. Like it was content and copy yeah. before, I guess it was only images with a little bit of totally. copy. So you were a good writer. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and she was a Michelin star girl. Like you, I love, how many I Michelin travel, stars restaurants oh my God. you been to? I, at one point I had counted, but like how many stars I had tallied up at this eight, at this point, but like it's well into the hundreds. Yeah. Um, so I was awesome. an I've traveled yeah. for she's an eater. That's why I related yeah. to yeah. is that you were an actual you yeah. know like you're a thin blonde woman, but <laughs> yeah. you're like sorry, but I relate to you yeah. because you're a foodie. What it's, a cool job! I, yeah. I don't know anyone yeah. that does that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's super fun and, and every day is different. Is talking about those restaurants. So it it started out that way. Like it started started off as like more restaurant. Um, based and um, over time I was like I need to make money doing this Mm -hmm. and guess what you're not going to make money just reviewing restaurants you get a lot of free food you get a lot of free meals I got sent like there was a period of time where my husband and I would eat out for dinner several times a week and we wouldn't pay for a thing and it was fun but like that's not going to pay the bills and now I have like a like a, a great business with 
a number of different employees who work for me. Um, and I did that by by basically transitioning that blog into being mainly nutrition based. Um, now a lot of mom based content because yeah. I'm a mother. Um, so that's I've added that whole like spoke to my to my business um, recipe content and, and development. It's good. Um, Your baby feeding is really good. Yeah, that's like getting I've, pretty big. Yeah, yeah, I've had a lot of fun with that. I've and that's the nice thing about being um, you know a content creator in this space is that. I get to decide what kind of content I want to create based on what's interesting and, and pertinent to me at this moment. Because yeah. I am my own brand. I am the brand. So right now the brand is Mom Abby. And right. you know, um, there's always going to be that kind of like no bullshit, no diet, dietitian aspect. Um, but there's different elements of my brand that I find performs differently on my different platforms. So it's a lot of experimentation, but we kind of exploit that um, little by little as we as we learn these lessons kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think our businesses are all similar in that way in that we're building them for the us. Totally. Like, you know, Kicker is built for what I want for my own kids. Yeah. And, you know, Dr. Dina gives advice for what I would want as a parent. And you've built, Elena's built this platform and group of women to support other women. And yeah. because that's what she needs. We're customer mom. focused, right? Yeah. We put totally. ourselves in the shoes of yes. the people we're talking to. And yeah. I think that's what makes us unique in the, in the, Ecosystem. That's what people do, right? right. Uh-huh. Successful entrepreneurs and business people build the product that they want to use, what they're passionate about. Absolutely. Right. And yeah. I mean, and that's really um, one of the like most important things that I, like I, I have a media training business as well that I train other nutrition professionals and health professionals on on how to get into the media, whether it's YouTube, like traditional broadcast media, um, blog and work with brands that I, which is what I do and that's how I how I make money. Um, but, uh, but one of the things I always tell them is you need to listen to the people. You need to ask questions. You you need to to ask them what they want to hear, and when you respond and 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 they get to see, oh my god, I asked Abby to to make a video about X, Y, and Z, and there's the video. There's that like loyalty piece, and that's what keeps people coming back for for more and more. So I, mm-hmm. that's a really important part of my business. So you work with brands, yes, and you do YouTube videos, yes. And is that to work with more brands, or is that you're monetizing through ads, or how does all it work? of the above? I think a lot of people don't know how people make money on totally. YouTube. Totally, and like I didn't know. Um, so basically, there's a few streams that you monetize through. Um, one is that is through ads, and that's like it's in the simplest sense. But until you're really getting like the big views that the ad dollars are like not pennies. Mi- pennies. Like what does that gonna, mean? Like millions of viewers? Like um, what is, what are real, what's a, what's a real. So here's like, just like I, as like an example, like this is not how we really make good money on our, on our channel. But like, so if we put out four videos a month and each video is getting over a hundred thousand views for, so that's 400,000 views that translates to maybe like, Seventeen hundred, two thousand dollars in in ad dollars. Nothing really. Like, but it doesn't cost. Considering production costs. Considering production costs, right? And time and your time. Exactly. So that's really not our mandate. That's like the gravy that like pays for a couple little expenses on the side. That's like our lunch, our lunch dollars for shoot days, kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, But but, that's significant money for a lot of people. Oh, for sure. You know, it's funny. I don't think I've ever turned on Google Ads in my YouTube. I'm just thinking through that now. I don't think it's even on. It. Again, 
I, when we first started, it wasn't that important to me. I would, I was, I was much more interested in making the user experience good. Right. Um, but because now I have a very large following and there's fucking view, um, ads on everything yeah, that you sure. watch on YouTube. Yeah. Um, you can't watch an episode of Ellen without getting like six ads. Um, I think people are much more accustomed to seeing ads I in the content. don't even notice it. It's just like they when you don't even through, notice, you know, Instagram or Facebook. For sure. They don't even notice all the ads now. You it's don't. Just, you it's don't. It's second nature to us now. Totally. We're so inundated, right? They are. So, so, um, so that, that's just kind of like the gravy, but the bread and butter for YouTube at least is the brand work. Right. So I work with brands. So as an example, for example, uh, I might have a partnership with a yogurt company and like, I will do a recipe with the yogurt or I'll do like, like a healthy snack box for kids with the yogurt as it, in it. And, and the brand messaging is woven throughout in a seamless kind of genuine way. Um, and I'm very picky about the kind of brands that I work with. I can be picky and I'm really thankful for that. Um, but I, I always tell influencers um, that are trying to get into this business like that you need to hold strong to your your values on that because it will bite you in the ass if you know you work with a brand that you feel a little bit iffy about. You're not totally sure if it's like on brand for you. Yeah. Um, it'll always like reek of, you know, not being authentic to your to your audience. Sell out. Totally. Yeah. How do you think you got to the point where you are an influencer? Like I think there's a lot of people out there that are simple moms at home for or, sure. or doing whatever they're doing, dads, any, anybody. How do you get to a place where people, where brands are like, yeah, we want to give you thousands of dollars to do whatever it is you do? Um, a lot of time, like like I said, like I'm, I was an early adopter and nowadays the influencer space is like so saturated that I would say it's harder for people to, to get in. We Depending know- Depending you are, I think. I think it, yeah. you know, there's certain-, there's certain niche oh definitely still. it's not that predictable either like there's lots of people that are very much influ- in the influencer space that don't have any credentials really exactly but for whatever reason people latch on oh exactly yeah. and i think that was personalities what, personalities but but i think what has set me apart and what has made me so successful is that um i am a registered dietitian in a sea of unregulated, uneducated, un, um, you know, like there, there's a lot of wellness gurus or uh, lifestyle experts out there doling out advice. And that's great because, I mean, it's not great actually, but like the average person really likes that and they are able to grow their following really, really um, large and for brands who are just looking for a number game, fine. But there's a lot of brands out there who are really interested in having that like stamp of approval from you know a, a legitimate nutrition professional like a registered dietitian. Yeah. So holding that kind of cred- credibility has been has really worked in my favor. Um, and just the fact that I've got I got into the game really early, so I grew my following, and uh, and I was. I've been pretty like controversial. Like I'm, I take a stand on, on my position. I'm not afraid to, um, you know, stir up controversy and like, what's an example of that? Oh God. We were just, we were like briefly talking about it in the car and like, I was like, stop, stop, say it for for the the podcast. podcast. (laughs) But but, like, I like, uh, I have a lot of trolls, especially on YouTube. Um, Explain what a troll is, Abby. Oh God, let's talk to the lowest bot, cotton the, denominator. They're, I don't know how you define a troll, a but tr- they're just like people who um, bullies of the internet. They want to fight. The internet. They, they want to fight, and they want to fight with whoever. Yeah. And it's For amazing. Whatever reason, yeah. it's actually amazing how much time people have on their hands. Like to 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 write me these novels of like. You know, it's not just like you're ugly. It's like that's shit. I don't even, I don't even see or read. I don't give a shit about that kind of stuff. But I've gotten, I've gotten comments like, um, for example, like 
I, I think I, I've reviewed the like the what the health video or, or you know the the Netflix um, special that one got like a lot of trolls after me um, and I do find like in the vegan community there there was like a lot of trolls coming at me for some reason recently the vegans are all on my side and like it's a weird game in YouTube there's it, it is just such a bizarre world out there on the YouTube space mm-hmm. um, but I but for example somebody wrote me this novel of a comment being like oh I once met Abby at a conference and um, I was working undercover for like the meat and dairy industry and I offered her a suitcase full of lamb chops um, in exchange for her like promoting the meat industry it was like this like very long story I was Imagine, like what the fuck you with the suitcase right? and open it up and it's <laughs> lamb, lamb chops, chops. <laughs> and they're out of a fridge I mean, yeah. also, they're not yeah. in a fridge yeah. and they're like do you want this and you're like yes I do let's go to the back corner of the alleyway yeah. and we'll exchange the money for the ridiculous? lamb chops what it was okay. it was insane. So <laughs> this is the kind of shit that I, I see. Mother like that is like a, that is the benign. The but like I that's like a what the fuck. It yeah. is a what the fuck. What the actual? Totally. Yeah. But then I also get like vicious people being like, uh, "Bitch, you should die and like burn in hell." Like yeah, I like when you post of, like, your because Abby oh, will yeah. often like screenshot the trolls, my trolls, circle it, star it, and share it for comments, right. which yeah. I think is it's which scary. I think speaks true of your character, Abby, which is why I like you. It and that's my question. Down. It can get you down for sure. It can make you feel. But you spin it and I think that's what's interesting because I think you understand that you are an influencer and that you have a responsibility to have a voice and a stand and we've actually talked about this a few times with different sort of people but we had a guest on the show recently who said like as an influencer making money you have a responsibility in your sort of position as a professional influencer Mm -hmm. to use your influence in a way that's basically positive or yeah. in a way that's powerful. And I think you've done that, which sets you apart also. Yeah. I, I've, I try really hard to kind of call out the bullshit and, and I've gotten a lot of really great feedback from my following because I consider myself like a no, like an anti-diet dietitian. So part of my brand, um, especially on my YouTube channel has been to, you know, call out problematic YouTube behavior, so to speak. There's just so much dangerous information on YouTube where a lot of these like quote unquote lifestyle influencers are like pushing these really, really insane diets. So just as an example of the one that like really took my career off, so to speak, um, there's a, a YouTuber called Freely the Banana Girl and she's a raw vegan YouTuber, huge, huge, huge following. Um, she's a fruitarian, so she only eats fruit. and Not vegetables. Not vegetables, not no protein. It's like just carbohydrates. No protein. No. How do you survive on that? Well, that's the question. Um, and so she has a huge following. She's created like diet programs based on this this theory that she has. Her breakfast will be like a smoothie that's made up of no joke, 20 bananas and like a case of dates in a big like a big like I guess there's a lot of iron there. Yeah, fruits, from yeah. the from the but like the dates, I guess. But at what's, the end what's of the, the idea behind that? She just, she just thinks that like the fruitarians just believe that that it's just you know the the most ripe, beautiful, antioxidant rich foods, and, and it's fueling your body that you don't need fats, you don't need you know um, protein, and they also believe that getting your period is like is bad, so you want to stop your period. Like it's so so disorderly and problematic. I've heard of fruitarians. I just thought it was I've a never, joke. Like never, people no. actually, this is, this That's is huge. I've this heard of fruitarians, huge. but I've never, I never thought that people actually like adhere to it. Yes. It's really like da- dangerous to me. It's incredibly dangerous. And so I've kind of like, I, I get like riled up about this when I see this shit on, on YouTube. And so like I have a, a series on my website, on my, on my YouTube channel called what I eat in a day YouTuber review. Oh yeah. And I've, seen, I've actually yeah. seen it. I mean, it's pretty good. So, so hold on, you. hold on just to take a step back. Yeah. Let's take a step back. It's become a thing now 
for social and social media where our content creator will say, okay guys, you're going to follow me through my day of everything I eat today. Yeah. And this is what I ate in a day. And it's like, that is the content. It's a it's very like, common format. And that's where it's like people sometimes like spoof on like social media influencers are like, this is my smoothie. This is my latte. It's like, oh my God, this is the worst content ever. But everyone apparently does it. I feel it. like a lot of popular people show all parts of their day all day long in stories. Right. That's what I've, I've said this multiple times. This is giving me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I have to turn off people that show all parts of their day. Yeah. It actually gives me anxiety. I don't want to see, but also I don't want other people to want to know what you're doing every five minutes. Yeah. yeah. That's really creepy to me. It's I don't totally want a video creepy. camera on you. It's like reality TV for everybody. That's right. In yeah. your room. It's starting. With your kids, in the yeah. washroom, what you're eating, you're in the car, you're taking a shit. Why do people want to know every little bit about your day? Get a life. Uh-huh. Do something else with your time. Go see your children. Yes. <laughs> so yes. this is what we're talking about is this, what do you eat in a day is a thing that yes. certain people do and it's become like a, like a standard norm It's a very, for very common so Abby, format. Abby YouTube. will like literally be like, okay, see what she's eating. And she'll like basically rip in an a-hole. Yeah. So. Like I, I like break it down for people because they're like, I'm not one to criticize people's way. I don't want to yuck someone's yum. As I say, like you do you. And that's, it's if, it, if it's something's working for you, amazing. Where I have issue is where these YouTubers are not posting like disclaimers about the fact that they're not medical professionals, that this is not substitute for like medical or nutrition advice, seek out the help of a, of, you know, a dietitian or, or your, your family doctor or whatever. Um, but also they are like, like viciously pushing their diet and program on other people when it's blatantly, you know, problematic. But and a lot of people don't know. You they don't, don't know. know. You follow who you follow and you love, you know, yes. endlessly these, these characters in your yes. life. And you trust that what they're saying is right. And if you look great, I want to look just That's like exactly you. That's so exactly the issue. Exactly the same thing that you're doing. That's exactly the issue. So, like, it sound, you know, it looks eating be, disorder. It's, actually, it is very disorderly, and that's yeah. really ultimately what my kind of brand has been built on is 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 calling out these orthorexic tendencies. Yeah. So, orthorexia is kind of the uh, it's a new eating disorder that we talk a lot about, um, and or it's basically defined as righteous eating or this kind of like clean eating taken to an extreme, and we've seen orthorexia rates just skyrocket as a result of a lot of these social media influencers um, kind of riding this like clean eating wellness wave. Um, and I'm going off on a tangent no, where, where I go, was, go, go, but go, like go. No, the thing the is about the clean one. eating, like uh, clean eating is and wellness industry and, and that kind of culture is being is just repackaged diet culture it is a diet it, it's just they needed to put a new coat of lipstick on it to make it more appealing to millennials and even feminists because you know dieting is a feminist issue it's it's teaching women that we need to control our bodies that we need to be militant that we cannot be trusted to just listen to our bodies and innate wisdom uh that we need to be policed uh so controlled. the wellness industry yeah right. controlled it's all about control so the wellness or clean eating industry um is simply just another fucking diet. It's still another set of rules. It's still restrictive. It still means not, you know, ignoring your body's innate wisdom. Um, but it's all done under the guise of health or self-care. So it seems, it seems better, um, but it's not. And so that's really where my, where my brand is all about is, is calling this out and, and trying to encourage people to, to eat mindfully and to, to learn how to get back in tune with their bodies. Um, and so I gave you a copy of my book. Dean, I have a copy of my book Fun. for you. Cool. Um, but that's really what it's about. It's called the Mindful Glow Cookbook. And so the book is is really based on my own experience with orthorexia as a teenager um, and, and how I overcame that through intuitive eating. Cool. 
Yeah. That's awesome. I think the all of this diet stuff, whether, you know, we've spoken before about like the 90s and the diets mm. then, Slim Fast and totally. all those kind Weight of things. Watchers. And like yeah. lo- Weight Watchers and low fat and now, now it's high fat, high fat and all these things. And it all comes down to, I think at the end of the day, feeling guilty mm-hmm. that you did something. You cheated in some way. Right. It's like, you know, falling off the bandwagon if you're like an alcoholic or a drug abuser. You fucked up. Yeah. And now you feel terrible about that. And then what are you going to do with that? Then you're either going to, go for a run or you can eat a bag of chips yep. or you're going to get back on the bandwagon and go back on that clean eating the yep. next day, whatever it is. It all is the same feeling when you, when you've dropped the ball. Totally. And there's that guilt. I have a question for you, Abby. How has your relationship with food changed as becoming a mom and having oh. to feed another human in that way? It's amazing. It Tell is me. like my son has like I have. So just to kind of go back and and this is something that I talk about in my book. When I was a teenager, I struggled with this orthorexia and believe it or not, like, I was at a dangerous state. I'm lucky to be alive. I was 85 pounds at my at my smallest. So mm. this is dangerous. This is not just like, oh yeah, I guess like I love to eat healthy. Like, no, this is a fucking eating disorder. How do you the, feel that was different than like anorexia? Because it the difference between orthorexia and anorexia is the intent. With anorexia, the idea is it's a control over the qual- the quantity of food or quantity of calories. So there's a desire to shrink your body and to, you know, withhold calories and fuel. With orthorexia, the obsession is simply around the quality of food. Mm. So I had a fear of sugar, which then, you know, the the number of foods that I started to fear just got larger and larger and larger to the point that I really was subsisting on like boiled vegetables and salad and chicken breast. So naturally, yes, you're going to lose weight. Um, And then, you know, it's it's a vicious cycle where you start to feel bad about yourself. You withdraw from social situations. You can't eat out. That means you're just, it just kind of fuels this cycle. Um, And it's very hard to get out of that disordered eating thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, actually starting my food blog, Abby's Kitchen, um, helped me kind of regain an appreciation and love and pleasure in food. Um, I kind of had to make a choice when I started blogging. Was I going to like let this disorder kind of um, take over me and uh, and and have this this control over me, um, or was I going to take that that leap and let myself enjoy food so that I could participate in the food events and go to the food restaurants and all of these kinds of things and actually pursue this this journey in my my career in food media and I that is what kind of was the ignition to to get me off my feet um, and to get me into recovery. But when to answer your question, Alana, mm-hmm. um, it it has really helped me kind of it's a it's a constant reminder of how to eat intuitively when you watch a child and a baby eat whether it's from the breast or the bottle or when they start solids they are so fucking intuitive they you can't force a child to eat when they're not hungry right even if it's something really really delicious that we could not resist right um and so i think just like watching my son every single day like turn away something that I know he loves just because I know he's full um, is just so amazing. And it's a great reminder and it just kind of solidifies in my mind. Okay. Yes. You know, this is, this is how we should all be eating. We've just forgotten these skills Mm -hmm. and we need to just kind of like give ourselves a little like check in every single day. So um, I've like loved the process of, of, of being a mom, not for many reasons, obviously, but, but also just because it's really kind of helped me on, you know, my heal, heal my, my relationship with food. Yeah. How old's your son? He's 14 months. And is he your one? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yes. Do you get a lot of questions from, I don't know, I guess on the show or on Mm -hmm. your blog or whatever about picky eating and childhood I, I, I do. Um, and you know, 
I've just started to, I just launched a, uh, a Facebook group for moms called the millennial moms guide to mindful, uh, mindful meal planning. Um, so we're starting to like dive a little bit into that kind of stuff. Um, but I practice and, and, and recommend that. I don't know if you're familiar with like the division of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a kind of t- term coined by Ellen Satter, who is like our goddess <laughs> last week's uh, was podcast. it? Yeah. So yeah, then yeah. I won't like, I won't no, get no, into no, it. You can do it. Um, Not everyone listens to every podcast. So go yeah, for it. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ellen Satter and the division responsibility. I think it, it's a great, um, kind of beginner, um, introduction for breaking it down for parents in terms of like fostering a healthy relationship with food for your kids. The idea is that like you as a parent are responsible for what your kid, like what you serve, where you serve it and when you serve it. And your kids is responsible for whether they eat mm-hmm. and what they decide to eat basically, um, or sorry, how much they decide to eat. And so that is kind of how I run my, you know, our meals at home. Um, we serve everything family style so that my, my son has the autonomy to kind of choose what he wants and he can eat in whatever order he wants. Um, and the idea is that we're just trying to like strip food of its like moral value. I, I don't want to assign kind of foods being good and bad. You know, a lot of us grew up in that, that era of like finish what's on your plate because there's starving children in Africa and then you can have your dessert kind of thing. Um, so the idea is that we remove that kind of forbidden food allure of so-called, you know, junk foods um, and they they just kind of like lose their power. So I really truly believe that, yes, like foods are not necessarily nutritionally equal, but we can make them morally equal by just paying very close attention to the language that we assign them. God, I hope everyone's listening because this is now the second expert basically we brought in back to back that's talking about this. Yeah. This woman and this style of eating. Which yeah, is it's, just it's like, a very common thing. I, I, I do think though that for kids that are already picky eaters to then lay out everything including the dessert-ish type food mm-hmm. and the fruit and the veg and everything and the protein, I think most kids would avoid the protein and go right for the sweeter kind of options mm-hmm. regardless of how you discuss them. Yeah. Morally or immorally equal, sure. one tastes better. A piece of, of course, it, it does not, taste yeah, better. It doesn't yeah. taste as good as the candy or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So I, I have hesitancy around that. I understand the concept. Yeah. Um, and I do myself recommend, you know, one plate of food. Everyone has the same food yeah. offering. Eat it or don't eat it. I wouldn't offer more things after that. Yeah. I, I certainly don't cater to everyone's no. individual tastes and things. Um, but I personally suggest having the dessert-ish type of food or fruit or whatever it is you that's, you know, the more alluring food I do offer it after because I think that many kids totally. probably pick those things first, fill up on those things yeah. and then miss the protein in particular and right. that's a big problem. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. I mean, a lot of dietitians that practice division responsibility are flexible on the dessert rule um, just based on the tendencies of the child. Um, and me too. Like if you did, yeah. if I didn't know what fueled my body best... I would absolutely go for the cheesecake too, right. or the fruit or, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, not, not the protein, yep. you know, that's not what's tastiest for kids, totally. but it's super important. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I totally appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, and so far, I mean, my kid's not picky, but we're still in early stages and I fully expect and anticipate those kind of challenges and hurdles ahead. So it's going to be definitely a kind of fun learning experience to, to get there. So, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I always use myself as an example because I'm exactly that. Like Elias was eating like charcuterie. Yeah. And you know, he'll he'll sit and eat charcuterie. Like he literally <laughs> will. Love it. He'll sit and he'll have all of it. He'll graze the whole thing. And now it's like, Dina knows this is like a regular appearance. We're getting better I though. Saw, I, I saw yesterday in an Insta uh, story that he he was going to bed very late because yeah. he had issues and he was sucking on a 
uh, fruit package, a fruit, whatever they're called. Like a pouch? Squeezy thing. Yeah. Squeezy oh, thing yeah. Pouch, yeah. That was, and that I was, was like, Atlanta. I know. That what was that. It was so funny because what happened was I said to Matt, I was like, I don't want to give Essa any squeezy. I don't want her to know, even know how to do it. I get home one day, freaking sucking on a fucking pack. And now she like sees the package. <laughs> she like wants it. So yeah, that was a, I was having like a, a breakdown of <laughs> moving. <laughs> I was moving. I was being very emotional. And yes, he was sucking on a. Your emotional about the house because you gave. It was my birthday also. I was yeah, like, just like. Right. Everything. It was yeah. like the Raptors. It's always something. Final. It yeah. So it was like the house broke. It was like I was a country western song of like stupidities <laughs> in my life that are completely Too privileged. Much like I have a new house. Have a fucking squeezy package. <laughs> it was like have a, I didn't. I wasn't even there to give it to him. But yeah. yeah, I don't love the squeezy packages. I mean, listen, there's convenience, right? If you could, if we could invent I really, something, really, and, really don't like squeezy packages. So okay. I'll, I'll refund that for a couple seconds. Okay. So there's two things I really, really don't like in the food, astronaut food kid culture. Yes, astronaut food is one. What's so, astronaut food? You know, like, like puffs, all the different Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So that, those yeah, foods, they dissolve like in the mouth. Yeah. And so kids think, I'm going to put this in my mouth, and then it's going to dissolve, and I don't have to chew it. And right. then I swallow it, and Choke. it's sweet and salty oh. and tastes like rice. Right. Amazing. So then you give them real food, mm. and they choke, and they totally. spot on. They don't know what to do with it because they've been sucking on food that dissolves in the mouth. Yeah. No more puffs. It doesn't teach your kid how to eat. It's not nutritious. There is no nutritional value of them. They don't have good fats. They don't have any fiber. They're just full of salt. And then your kid will get constipated. I promise. They will get constipated. Tina, what do you think of them as a distraction? Because I, I was... I no, would, why don't you give your kids something like some nuts or seeds or a real cracker? When people say you don't give your kids mom's, what do you give? I'm like, an actual cracker? <laughs> I get a whole piece of like the, like the Ritz. I gave her Ritz at my parents' house cracker. today. Like, yeah. do something with some fiber. I have no issue with kids having like convenience foods, but why can't they right. be convenience foods that we eat? Like, right. why not mm-hmm. make a bag of like and nuts and seeds? Of effort. Or yeah. literally what we would get our kids, like whatever, crackers. Elias likes peanuts. Mommy, can I yes. have peanuts? Right. But not at school, Elias. Yeah, the only piece is, you know, exactly allergies yeah. and, there's and choking hazards. And I mean, yeah. there's other things that are not great about those peanuts. foods, but peanuts. Um, so yeah, so I don't like what I call astronaut food. And I really, really don't like squeezy packages. Yeah. So parents think that they look at it, it says it's just apples or it's just prune or whatever. They're hyper sweet. So yeah. they take they basically they remove some of the water. It mm-hmm. ends up tasting more sweet than real. So then a lot of parents ask me, like, well, they have these this applesauce in the squeezy package, but then they won't eat the applesauce that I made and I blend it up. Why, why not? Because it doesn't taste the same because it's super sweet. It's like adding right. sugar in to, it is just apples, it's true, but it doesn't taste like an apple. So then when you give an apple, they're like, what is this non-apple? Life apple. loves apples is his favorite right. in his Amazing. defense. Yeah. Also, we don't eat by squeezing things into our mouth. Like mm-hmm. who eats like that? It should be a s- spoon yeah. or you should eat a piece of food. Like give With your, your hands. an apple. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want them to chew on an apple. Yeah. Not suck out of this container. Not to mention the waste, right? I mean, equal, you know, it's a, a lot of money, a lot of wasted plastic. And Tina, in that video, I was being so sincere and I was crying and like, it was so cute. And of course, you're like, you know what it is? It's like, but social media, I'm like, guys, I'm having the worst day of my life. Please send advice. Like, what sunglasses are those? Not really, guys? Really? In all fairness, That's what you saw? Silent. I don't actually listen to any... Uh, I, and I, I usually type content over because I know yeah. most people yeah. can't read the content. I never, I never turn it on. But it was I mean, like... It's usually when I'm feeding. Yeah. And so all I, I, all I saw was him jumping on the bed. Right? I was always jumping in a bed. You're nursing. Yeah. You're nursing okay. your kid. Feeding. I was nursing my kid. Yeah. I don't like when people... <laughs> Just can I gripe on this first? Oh, what bre- breastfeeding? I don't know. Why I like I like to call it nursing. Oh, anyway, so I was nursing <laughs> Austin, and I listen. I, I the only time I ever look at Insta stories is is when I'm. Um, 
breastfeeding or nursing Austin in the morning, but it's always unsilent because otherwise Austin's like, oh, look, a phone, right, fun. Yeah. Not going totally. to feed anymore. Though he doesn't seem to care. Anyway, all I saw was him jumping on the bed and you yeah. writing like, this is a bad day or whatever. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then him sucking on the thing and I was like, Alana, we're talking about nutrition tonight. Yeah. That's what I noticed mm, about no, it. But, that. Okay. So yeah, I don't like squeezy package and I don't like astronaut food. We don't like squeezy packages. Yeah. How would you innovate on food for kids? What would you do differently? um, If you want to take that squeezy packet and make it a little more nutritious, mix it with a spoonful of chia seeds, make chia jam, and you can spread that on like toast or something or put it into like ricotta. So with Etta, and then eat a piece of something. Yeah. So like put it on like, yeah. Yeah. With Essa, it's so funny. I'll do that with Essa. So either Essa is interesting because we've done baby led feeding, weeding, leading, whatever it's called with her. Um, And she, you can't feed her like she can only feed herself yeah, same with you must put the squeezy pack on the on the spoon and then she'll eat it from the spoon but she won't really suck from the package and everything needs to be sorry andrew hitting the mics in front of her and she has to eat it like that's how it, or i'll stab it with the fork and then put the fork down and yeah, she picks the fork up that's great she's eight fucking months old Amazing. like with elias you think i had any intuition at all to do any of those things so yeah i'm a huge proponent of these things and I think Abby it's it's brave of you actually that you're a first time mom and sort of or, uh, uh, like this is sort of your fight song a bit or ha- yeah. has become I've lo- I loved baby I've loved baby led weaning and you know I had you, to fight scared at all in the beginning I really wasn't I, yeah. I felt very confident from the get go mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I I I did you know trainings and because I'm a dietitian like I, I know all the like the main like the leading pediatrician dietitians I like worked with them all I like I had read every single book I have like 10 baby led weaning books so I mm-hmm. I feel like I was like I mean you I'm knew. pretty I'm pretty type A so yeah. like I went into this like I'm like I'm gonna fucking succeed at this shit my <laughs> kids give me the best have you met Abby yeah. 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 Um, uh, so yeah so I, I went into it very confident whereas but everybody else around me was scared to death yeah. my in-laws were like you're gonna like you're gonna <laughs> he's gonna die you're gonna make him choke That's how could a, you Matt do that still, my husband still says it to me like and and yeah. and but once they saw him feeding himself, they were like, "Oh, I'm like, yeah, told you." And I was told everything, ya. and he's probably not so picky. Is it exactly. evidence based? You know this whole thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We know actually. So I think I mentioned last week too. Um, kids that are endlessly getting mush or a lot of liquids that they don't eat properly. I saw two kids like that today. One was 10 months old. One was 12 months old. And we asked how much milk and they both said they're drinking far too much milk, you know, 18, 20 ounces a day. But, and also they don't eat any solid food. And I was like, well, what they eat solid food? Well, they have the puffs hmm. and they have my mom's, but otherwise it's all purees. Why? Because he won't take anything else. So what happens if you give him like a cracker or something, he'll take something sweet. He'll take like one of these, you know, whatever, um, sweet kind of baby, treats yep. of sorts but he won't actually eat anything actually solid well why i only do mush stuff and now he won't take anything and that's exactly the problem totally. if you don't learn the scale if you're not um, challenged for the scale you don't get good in it and then parents get more and more fearful because when they give them food they do choke and sputter on it right. yep. and so they, it even more reinforces to them there's risk here this is scary my kid could die mm-hmm. therefore right. keep on blending things so yeah, it's a problem. It is. It is a problem. And, you know, I've really tried like a lot of my friends who are like have been super scared to do baby led weaning and I, I've really tried to coach them on it, but they're just still like too hesitant, like too concerned about the choking thing. But the evidence suggests there's no greater risk of choking for babies who are fed baby led weaning style versus uh-huh. spoon fed. Watch um, your kid eat. Be yeah. In front watch. of your child, take a CPR class, learn what to do if your child's choking. That's yeah. really important. Don't walk away when your kid's eating. Don't feed them in the car when you can't watch them. Right. Like, you know, be very mindful of what they're eating but give pieces of food they don't have to necessarily feed themselves if you're more comfortable like offering it to them Mm -hmm. be in front of them but kids need to have a 
a piece of solid food. They need to get used to it. Nothing perfectly circular. Yeah, of course. Kind of my, my know the know the choking push, hazard stuff. Yeah, right. Don't give them nuts. Don't give them mm-hmm. popcorn. Don't give them big circular pieces of things that can block the airway, like grapes hot or dogs. big blueberries or hot dogs yeah. or mm-hmm. nuts. You know, cut everything kind of lengthwise. But there's no reason why a kid who can physically hold something and put it to their mouth can't eat something that's Solid. a strip of something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know why you're griping on this. If you saw two patients today with the same it's a really common conversation yeah very common and this is these are my patients who i've counseled from the beginning to be offering pieces of food early yeah uh, and yet and, they, and even they felt uncomfortable i can only mm-hmm. imagine how many people other doctors see who don't provide this kind of counseling right it's a big problem mm-hmm. and, and and that's great that you are providing that counseling because like the feedback i've gotten from pretty much all of my friends is that their pediatricians have told them they do not want them doing baby led weaning they don't want them giving them kids um the second time someone's said that yeah, yeah. This, it's this it's month. a very common like and and so then of course like you know they go home and they think well i was going to do baby led weaning but now i'm not sure like i'm scared to now my doctor doesn't want me to do it um so you know as dietitians pretty much all the dietitians that I know that work in peds um, really do recommend baby led mm-hmm. weaning whenever it's po- like whenever possible. Of course, there's there's in, in, indications, contraindications for it, but like um, that. Uh, so I think that is a bit of a struggle right now. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just like time and like learning. And I don't think it has to be all or nothing, right? It doesn't have of to be course not. only purees or only pieces of food. Like there's no reason why you can't offer some purees yeah. and then pieces of food when your kid's interested in that and then top them up with solids or offer the solids and then offer the piece of food. There's a lot of like one or black, the other. Or, I black know. or white dichotomy stuff here. Like I only do baby led weaning yeah. and I only give mush and why? Like, yeah. Give some mush and let them feed themselves. And when For they don't sure. want to do it anymore because they're tired, they'll top them up with mush if they want it. Like don't Ugh. force feed your baby yeah. and don't one. let your baby starve. Offer them a variety of foods. Eat the same things as a family. Like they don't feel like rules and strict. Totally. People, people often want a list. I don't know if you get asked. Oh like, yeah. What is the first thing I should list. give my kid? Should it be rice cereal? Should it be oat cereal? What about a vegetable? What about a protein? What order? How much should I give? And this comes back to the intuitive oh, thing. Yeah. Offer a new thing every couple of days. I mean, that part's important yeah. so that if your kid has a reaction to something, totally. you know what the reaction was from. But otherwise, offer a new couple like every couple of days. What are you know, eating that day? Could be lentils. It could be avocado. Yeah. You could have a ripe, you know banana on your countertop mush up that ripe banana yeah, hmm. yeah th- these rules and, and totally uh, same thing online right people are like you have to do this and you have to do that and then it has to be this order it has to be this mushy with this amount of breast milk added in or this amount of water who's making up these rules this yeah. is not evidence-based whatsoever. Oh, i know i know i hear these things and like i'm obsessed like anytime somebody asks me one of these questions or i read about it somewhere i'm like I go right for the research and I have like my whole research team like searching for for the research and there isn't any, of course. Um, so, but yeah, you're right. Everybody likes to be given a set of rules and that like comes down to like diet culture as well. Like people want to be told exactly what to do. It just feels more That's certain, about. right? Mm-hmm. Like there's this uncertainty around, you know, death and disease and mortality. And a lot of us feel that our diet is like the one piece of the puzzle that we can control. Um, yes. But really, like that control takes away from us being able to listen to our bodies and a wisdom and same and with our kids it. and enjoy it like yeah. that we there's definitely a pleasure piece there too yeah. and also just like don't fucking make yourself crazy like uh, you don't but need we're to crazy go crazy making there i know and I, and I think what's interesting is like there is a lot of women who are type a's like yeah. yourselves um i'm like wannabe type a i'm definitely not i was in type a but a lot of parenting stuff actually. i don't think you need yeah. to be wannabe girl it's yeah. like it's like my no, best I'm, and worst trait okay. i'm saying i'm sorry <laughs> that wasn't the point i love you both. i'm super anti-baby no. parenting actually <laughs> i'm just saying that i think 
like there's no handbook when it comes to parenting, right? Nope. So food. Maybe you're cuddling a baby. I don't know why I can't. She's weird. Like this little baby I don't know why. Are you missing miss your my daughter? Like, daughter? This is like always on me. <laughs> the last like half an hour. I don't She's know. Okay, cuddling. bye. No, I just okay. forgot the, the weird baby. little doll. Cuddle the naked baby. Enjoy the baby. We don't have dolls yeah, in our house like this yet. So yes. I'm excited about that. That's actually been in many YouTube videos, ironically. <laughs> I did CPR on this baby. I offered this baby. Oh, you look familiar. Tommy massage online. Really? I think that's what's interesting is like people are just... Um, we talk about this too, Abby, sometimes. It's like people are not good at being beginners. No. Right? This millennial mom generation is totally. not good at being beginners. We're experts in everything. Yeah. And what happens is you get hit by the Mack truck up, like in the face of parenting and you're like, okay, where's the manual? No one warned me. Like, yeah. Well, if we warned you, you wouldn't have done it and you would have been scared and that would have been nice. So it's fire by trial and here you are and like now is, this is a challenge is feeding your kids. And when you grew up with an unhealthy relationship with understanding food, but then we basically, when my daughter has a boo-boo or whatever, she suckles at my tit and feels better. You soothe with food. You yeah. celebrate with yeah, food. Yeah. So it is this sort of, I think it's very jarring in any Anyways, right? Yeah, people, people Even do with want healthy a manual, relationship like with, yeah, yeah, do, with they do want a manual. And there's a manual on everything, on sleeping yeah. and eating. Right. And, and every manual says something different. So right. by a different expert, yep. quote unquote, some are actually experts with credentials sure. and some are not so much. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people, when, you know, talking about social media, they find this expert influencer, whoever that is, and they latch onto that. Oh, yeah. And that, that's research, by the way. You know, yeah. yeah. So me. last night, <laughs> I, you know, I fed my kid salad and spaghetti. I'm totally going to make my kids salad and spaghetti tonight because my friend, the influencer, did that last night. That's a bit cray cray. Oh, yeah. Oh, it we is. We should live our lives and like enjoy our families and our ideas for what's good for them. And Totally. Anyway, the, the, mock, the imitation of other people's lives is something that creeps me out. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like everybody's, everybody is different. Everybody's yes. needs are different. As, we talk about that. As different as our children's bodies are from each other when they're born, that's how different as the world Absolutely. is from each other. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, was, I, took a, I went out for my birthday this week and I went out with my family for dinner. And I'd love to hear both of your, because both of you will eat out quite a bit with your kids, how you get your kids to eat nicely in a restaurant because somehow my kids ate really well for the first we never take our kids anywhere my kid is so routine he goes to school he goes home he goes to his grandparents he goes home we never take him to a restaurant really we just don't because we don't want to even deal with it we will like avoid it at all I think that's why our kids are good at restaurants because we do it often we did yeah, I do it take really him often. this weekend we took him this weekend and he was so well behaved that's great I was so surprised and Essa is sitting next to me not on a bouncer not like just sitting up like this in a chair yeah. with one hand with a rapini okay literally rapini and a pizza going back and forth and these people were watching her eat and they were like literally looking at each other were you a like, piano piano what no I wasn't oh. <laughs> No, I, just, I, I love, like, I love. Based on the, the, no, the, I know, the I, I know, I, know. I know, right? No, we wanted to do a little bit more low key, but we, I was thinking about piano, piano because it's piano, so kid friendly, under, under, it's underground, underground, downstairs. Yeah, like it's one. fantastic. So yeah. I'd love to hear your guys's take on feeding kids in public because I think for me as I'm experiencing, like it was a fabulous experience. I don't know why it was. Maybe he didn't snack that much. So he was hungry or the food was the right decision yeah. or whatever it was. Oh, it was we were sitting a social at, experience. Was social. Was sitting outside. It's social. Yeah, it was really nice. Same as why they eat well at daycare. We've spoken about that before. Yeah. So yeah. eating in public or going to restaurants or deciding what restaurant. Abby and I had a conversation about. Okay, Abby, yeah. why do you riff on that for a minute? Yeah, well, in terms of eating, like I find that my son um, eats so much better in like when we go out for, we basically go out for brunch every Saturday and every Sunday as a family. Um, and sometimes I'll take him out during the week too. But like, so we eat out, like I take him out all the time in 
in public. And he eats so much better when he's in a restaurant. The busier the restaurant, the better. So like we went to dim sum on Sunday. This kid would not stop eating. Like sometimes <laughs> it's decision. like, I'm going to take dim sum. That's a great oh, idea. Come with us. It's great. Yeah. Go to dim sum. There's like not that many things we can yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. I've never um, seen the kids for dim sum. They but love like, it though. So we should variety. Together, you can get like the pork and yeah. like the, the, the beans and stuff yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. There's vegetables that they yeah. stir fry. But yeah, like I just find that when he's in a bustling area where there's everybody else is eating, we're eating the same things, that makes a, such a big difference versus if it's just like my nanny sitting in front of him, staring like at staring them. at him, like nobody fucking wants to eat like that. I yes. wouldn't want to be, I would be like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, Self-conscious yeah. and weird yeah. about it, sure. So when like nobody's really paying that much attention to him, but like I'm just like watching him out of the corner of my eye to make sure he's not going to die, um, then like he just eats like nonstop. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's been my experience. But um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you know? I mean, you got yeah, four. I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's a social experience. Yeah. It's also hopefully you're as caregivers are enjoying your food. So then kids are more relaxed and you're more relaxed and everyone else is having a good time. And it's just the energy and the atmosphere, the attention is less. There's less like staring at you, like, are you done? You eating? You want more? Uh, like that like tension thing that I really want parents to, to decrease yeah. during feeding times. Um, yeah, we've taken kids to restaurants um, since the very beginning. Hold like, on, go to that. Go back since, to that for a second. Yeah. Taking the stress off of, because you just said something that just lit up. That's for sure every meal time that I have at yeah, home. Yeah, I, like I think many families have this like, hmm. tension. Yes, Anxiety. Right. Parents think all day, when am I going to feed my kid? What are they going to eat? What and then when you they sit down at the table. What's the next thing they're going to eat? The and dialogue then you sit down is. The t- table, yeah. And then there's like a, in my mind, they need to eat this much and this mm. much of this yes. and this much of this and this much of this. And I'm going to stare at them until they do that. And I'm going to offer them more. Yes. And I'm going to watch them. And it's just tension and anxiety. And oftentimes the parents aren't eating as well. They're too stressed about the yeah. on the other kid. Gives the kid anxiety, of course, because who, who wants someone staring at them? And mm-hmm. it's even if they're not force feeding, they kind of are. Yeah. Like, Brain wise, they're like waiting for them to finish. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress. And like who wants to eat in that kind of stressful environment? So then if you have this social environment or if you're eating with them and enjoying yes. your food too, something like in a restaurant, or I mean, of course at home, it should be that way too. Then the stress is gone. You don't seem to care as much. Like in a restaurant, I don't even notice how much my kids are eating because I'm paying attention to the yeah, environment, you're, you're the ambiance, yeah. I'm enjoying my food. And so I don't really care if they have that last bite of meatball. I don't give a shit. Like right. they enjoy their meal and I leave and I'm like, oh yeah, they eat well, great and everyone's happy. So you just think the more you go... And yeah. like in Abby's case, where you make it part of your weekly routine. Yeah, it's a bit mm-hmm. of training too. So we don't go to restaurants that often. Actually, we don't. We go maybe. I mean, it depends on the time of year, but like once every couple months. Actually, we don't eat in restaurants that frequently in general. I mean, Andrew grew it a lot, but as a family, we don't eat so so much. But when we do, we go to six. like the so table of six is hard to get yeah. in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we go to like normal restaurants. Like I wouldn't take them like to Scaramouche. No, you know, but yeah. <laughs> we go to like like normal restaurants. We're not going to McDonald's. We go to Montana. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. whatever, Pickle Barrel or, yeah, you know, Something whatever. family friendly. Something yeah. family friendly. family. Um, oftentimes, like, places we could sit outside or right. yeah, so nice. and things like that. But they've been to nice restaurants too. And because they're used to it and because they like food and we let them pick what they want. So it's not... Our, actually, most of the time, our kids don't pick off the kids' menu. We don't ask for kids' menu. They'll be like, you know, I want that Reuben sandwich or I want those ribs. Or we get, like, a big platter of things and, and the kids have, you know, the whole platter yeah. of things, right? And our kids like salad and ask for salad, but they also want the dessert. So <laughs> I think our kids have a very healthy relationship with food, um, <laughs> albeit all the very different body types, as you mentioned before, yeah. right? Like if you look at my kids, they look like, you can say like one kid doesn't eat a lot and one kid eats tons, like just by looking at their body types and they all eat the same. They just are different bodies. bodies totally. They were born that way and they still, my kids eat all the same thing and no one eats more, you know, unhealthy things than the other, but they have different bodies because that's how they were born. Totally. Right. But they all have, I think, very healthy relationships with food. But 
we also don't tolerate bullshit. Like if my kids were jumping up on the table, we'd be like, fuck you, we're leaving. Like we just don't tolerate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they eat really well. But but again, they enjoy it. They like yeah. to go out and they get to pick what they want. So it's a fun experience. I'm feeling inspired because I think it's interesting that like I went out for this meal and it was so... Enjoyable. It was so enjoyable. Like, I'm going to like, take you us. Pardon? We're going to go for brunch. I'd and, love to. And, and yeah, Matt, we Matt, Matt makes breakfast almost Amazing. every weekend which is great oh, and we sit nice. as a family and that's also probably my most enjoyable meeting because we're so relaxed right because yeah, there is saying. no it's deadline there's nowhere to be yeah. yeah which is so nice and the truth is like we we do like eating out in the city yeah. take the pressure idea. off i mean i think fun food off. we talked about that too fun food like eating sushi is like, yeah. no yeah, problem with something that something new and yeah and i also think they feel like big people you yeah. know like when they eat ribs with us or sushi with us anything yeah. that that seems like big people food they yeah. feel special like they'd rather eat that than like chicken nuggets because yeah. mommy and daddy love it and it's like fancy and it's old people stuff yeah. so, <laughs> you know? old people um yeah yeah so funny. I love it. Yeah. It's interesting because I always think about like I grew up on Chef Boyardee and freaking Oreos oh, yeah. and Katie. Yeah, I like I'm like a f- you know now I like eat, you know but our whole like generation buka, did. You know? yeah. yeah like yeah, I was true. I was a very picky eater yeah. and I went on to like like I've eaten everything so and I've traveled the world ants? to eat. I haven't had ants, okay. but I've had other uh, insects. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, crickets. Yeah, crickets yeah. are not yummy. Yeah. I don't like them. My husband is like really into like renewable, um, like farming right now, and so he's brought home like every brand of like cricket pa- protein powder and like and like crickets, and he's like make this taste good to me. And I'm like, honey, I can't. Like, it's, it's just not very it's good. It's not good powder, eh? It's not very I've good I've only powder. had it in like Cambodia, like on the roadside. Yeah. Like, I've not had like yeah. powder. It's got, my, as my husband says, chitinous. Um, it's got a chitinous flavor. So that's like the shells of the mm-hmm. crickets. So it tastes like shrimp, actually. Oh, okay. So if you like the taste of shrimp protein shake, shakes, though. not mm-hmm. for that me. That doesn't sound tasty. No, no, not for me. Um, And it's very like heavy and, and it's not even chalky. It's like, gritty if that makes sense so yeah it's not my cup of tea so let's we have pivot. we have somewhere mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. to do let's that. pivot here so abby what's your favorite what's the like food trends you're into and food trends that you're scared of Ooh, I, like okay into How about you? what are you into i love think about i it. like anything probiotic prebiotic because I'm, I'm a fiber fanatic i love fucking fiber yeah what a fucking so, so tell, thing so to tell say. people yeah. what is a prebiotic and what is a probiotic so a probiotic is um basically the bacteria like the good back good gut bacteria that we we want to you know colonize our gut basically and the prebiotic are fibers that feed the bacteria so it's like fuel for the bacteria okay. so we're starting to see like like probiotics had like a huge push and like wave and 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 they're still big like they're shit putting probiotics in everything yeah. so when i say like i like the trend i'm also very like weary of the trend because i knew that know that it's a bit of a health halo um whereas like a lot of food a cereal a sugar cereal with yeah probiotics. with fucking probiotics yeah. there's granola bars with probiotics yeah. it's like, like very sugary like uh, yogurt with probiotics. yeah with probiotics yeah. it's like those are not actually great sources of probiotics like a a, a, a yogurt cereal a yogurt with like a ton of sugar and one billion um you know cfus of probiotics not really a great deal. So the, what is a good what is a good option for oh, probiotics? Taking a supplement. Like for, like for a both kefir, people. is that? Yeah. I mean, okay. for sure. Like you want to include like lots of probiotic rich like foods. And I would rather see like naturally probiotic rich foods or like fermented foods. Mm. But like you're not gonna get a clinical dose of probiotics from eating yogurt basically kombucha. from kombucha right. i love kombucha most kids are probably not going to drink kombucha anyway right. yeah or have sauerkraut for breakfast yeah, right. yeah. i i love th- i love all those kinds of foods because i like sour things like that's my like flavor mm. i like sour so yeah, give me vinegar yeah day, give baby. me vinegar like give i could drink pickle. vinegar 
Um, yep. But so I like I love pickles and, and sauerkraut yep. and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, like from a clinical perspective. But I do think that there's interesting. Like, is I just, it a pill form? Or you take uh, yeah, probiotics? you can take you, oh. for sure. You can get probiotics like in yeah. any Shoppers Drug Mart or, or wherever. Um, and then prebiotics, they're starting. You're you're starting to see a lot of like products with prebiotic fiber added to them it can cause like gut distress so i always just say like just eat fucking fiber like fiber is going to fuel your good bacteria where do people get fiber that's broccoli um you know fruit vegetables um whole grains yeah those are like your bigger avocado is a great source um so that's yeah beans beans lentils yeah nuts seeds Mm -hmm. i mean really everything except for like meat (laughs) yeah yeah and sugar like yeah like yeah. i mean like there's varying amounts of fiber found in fruits and vegetables some fruits have higher amounts of fiber and and some are very low in fiber like a banana mm-hmm. is very low raspberry and pear are very high um you know most vegetables are good sources iceberg lettuce probably not but you know right. kale would be a much higher higher choice or um broccoli and and anything that's like anything that's got some good roughage but in terms of prebiotic fiber like asparagus is a really great example think about that like kind of like stringy woodsy texture of asparagus that's a really great prebiotic source of fiber and what are you scared of in terms of food trends um just i guess just like the clean eating movement in general i makes me weary um definitely now that i'm like really like in deep in the in the vegan youtube space like i'm not vegan but i'm i'm a i'm a supporter of eating more plant-based foods um i think there's a lot of benefit to eating plant-based foods but i in no means i'm an omnivore like tried and true and and i'm very um kind of honest about that on my youtube channel i have a very large vegan following but um but like that will never be a lifestyle that I can uphold. So it just doesn't work for me. Um, but I think that like, I'm definitely scared of like the hardcore on either end. Like I've reviewed some like really hardcore fruitarians who are like raw vegans who just eat basically fruit and like maybe a couple nuts. That's not, that's not good enough. That's not. And the rawness a- is understanding that the chemistry of food changes when you heat it to a certain degree. Yeah, there's right? like a lot of like, there's some theories um, like they're like advocates of a raw food diet believe that um, like the enzymes are like denatured through heating and that like it causes digestive issues. But the reality is we have enzymes in our gut to digest that food. Right. Um, we, we don't evolve. To yeah, we've evolved to, to exactly. Right. So, I mean, there's and this we like, have had fire for a very yes, long time. Yes, we've had love. We <laughs> have <laughs> had a quite a while. 3,000 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's like that on one end of the spectrum, and then there's like the raw carnivores on the other end of the spectrum, which is like also that totally creeps me out. By the way, eating raw meat? Eat meat that freaks me out. Raw meat, raw yeah. gross ass meat. Like I reviewed this man's diet, who like is scares the hell out of me. Um, who he like was in a back in one scene in this like what I eat a day video that we were talking about. Yeah, he's in the back of a cab eating a raw duck breast, like fat oh. cap and all. Can you just imagine trying to like that makes not fruit? Everyone, the, like Andrew no, is vomiting. No. Why, yeah. why? Like what? What's his? I, I'm not sure, but there's there there's a big following on this, and again, it comes down to like this, like the idea of like denaturing pro- proteins. Yeah. When and we like, were cavemen, we used yeah. to hunt animals. The thing is that we would kill them then and eat them then, and again, fires existed for quite a long, and long time. Probably would he- and there was that. also like berries around and things on trees and yeah. other things part of your diet. Who was just eating just meat ever? Like I, I I'm sure know. there's actually some groups of 
people that had no agriculture. For sure. Probably. But there was probably some other source of something. You'd hope so. For most people in history. Yeah. Like, I do not want to be Agriculture's in this also house. been around for a very, very long time. And even when it wasn't, there were still trees. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that man must be very constipated. And That's when exactly he does take, a, take thinking, a shit, it must be fucking horrible. Yeah. 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 So, uh, there, the, like, I'm really main, like, there's so many quote unquote fad diets right now, but I'm mainly concerned about, like, those extremes where we're cutting out, like, like pretty much all the food, like all foods except for like one very small kind of category, which is just like so dangerous and problematic in my How mind. How do you feel about two things that I hear a lot about gluten-free mm-hmm. and dairy-free or, or animal milk-free? Um, I think those are just like really personal decisions. I think like if, if you personally know that you have an allergy or like an intolerance and it serves your body best to cut those kinds of foods out before digestive issues then by all means like you know you do what what you feel is going to serve your body best um do i think that everybody needs to go gluten-free absolutely not the research does not support that um nor do i think that everybody needs to go dairy-free i i love dairy i think there's a lot of benefits to dairy um but again like if you find that you do not digest it well whether you have lactose intolerance or if it's the protein. I mean, we, I don't know if you're familiar with like A1, A2 protein in milk, but there's now we're starting to become, to get, to have A2 milk available here in Canada. There's only one supplier that I'm aware of that is manufacturing it in Canada. But a lot of people who think they are lactose intolerant are actually have difficulties digesting the A1 protein in dairy. I'm getting technical here, but basically- I've never heard this before. Yeah, like it's, 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 it's happening in the, states and it has been for a very long time so I was very excited to see A2 milk in the grocery store yesterday um, like last week Um, but basically um, the the idea is that uh, if A2 milk is much more easily digested for a lot of people so personally I probably would buy A2 milk for my son when he starts drinking like cow's milk and Mm -hmm. there's I've never heard of this either so like a cow could be A1 or A2 or is it like cow is A1 and goat is A2 no it's cow it is still cow's milk um, and like Again, like a lot of people will like switch to goat milk instead of dairy milk because, but because of the size of the the particle is apparently a little bit closer to breast milk or easier easier digested. Um, but if I don't you have, I don't think there's evidence around that actually. No, I that a lot. Yeah, a lot of people a lot of go go to goat milk from breastfeeding, thinking yeah. that it's better because they've read online that it is. I've looked into this. There's yeah. really no evidence for yeah, that. Yeah, we just it read is it. true. The protein's a little bit smaller mm-hmm. and therefore a little bit more similar to breast milk protein. Um, and some kids, some people don't tolerate cow's milk um, protein, but to wean to goat because you think it's going to be better tolerated is nonsense. That's you can, I mean, you could do goat. Go yeah. for it. I have no issue with that at all, but you don't have to be wary of cow's milk protein. Exactly. That's exactly the the, the advice that I give. Um, I like. I just wrote an article, and I mean, this is the thing about me. Like, I'm I'm an expert on everything for like five seconds when I write something, and then I totally like wipe it from my mind. But I just wrote an article on like the cow's milk versus goat's milk um, kind of dilemma, and that's exactly what like it comes down to. It's like, yeah, it's it, we're 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 pulling at straws here like the differences are so minute and if you have issues with digesting cow's milk it's very like you probably will not be able to to consume goat's milk either so it's much more expensive it's much less accessible it also smells um, really bad yeah it's not my not for me so yeah. I mean we, we got it for one of our kids who had difficulties with cow's milk protein yeah. like he legit had something called cow's milk protein intolerance which I yep. think we discussed on the podcast before Never. some babies when moms are breastfeeding the whatever mom ingests in 
some small volume goes through the breast milk as well. So some kids, a lot of kids actually have this legit entity called cow's milk protein intolerance where they're able to tolerate mom's milk and a lot of other things that mom eats or drinks, but something about when mom ingests cow's milk Mm -hmm. uh, protein, so that would be in cheese or yogurt or milk, some small amount of it goes through the breast milk and some kids will have gastrointestinal upset and some kids just get gassy and some kids have bloody diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it can be quite um, intense. And two of our kids had that. And when I stopped mm-hmm. ingesting anything with cow's milk and goat's milk and soy, actually, because about 20% of kids are also sensitive to soy, they stopped being uncomfy. And one of my kids, I went cow's milk um, and soy free for four and a half months. And then I slowly introduced it back in my diet and he was fine. And the other kid was eight and a half months. So I was like dairy free for like most of the first year of his oh, life. that's tough. And then I slowly introduced back and then he got like miserable and had diarrhea. And I was like, okay, fuck that. And then I stopped again and it could take a couple of weeks for it to clear from your breast milk. Yeah. And then I tried again and back and forth, back and forth. So for eight and a half months, I was... Um, uh, cow's milk free and I would try goat's milk and I tried some sheep uh-huh. yogurt and things like that and every time he was just miserable so that's a legit entity oh yeah and I think a lot of people have difficulty tolerating um cow's milk and that could be from the protein it could be lactose totally to say right but I hear a lot of kids that don't like milk doesn't agree with them or adults too but cheese is okay yeah or yogurt is okay so it's probably about how it's how it's processed it is there's there's lower amounts of of lactose in in certain cheeses and and yogurt as well um so you know if you don't tolerate like a glass of milk and like most adults don't eat drink a glass of milk nowadays anyways mm-hmm. I but actually think that some people do and the reason my, why this my comes husband up, does where this comes up actually <laughs> my brother these babies does. have this like it, misery I ask about how much milk mom's yeah. drinking and I get a lot of moms that are like well I drink a couple glasses a day who drinks a couple glasses <laughs> yeah. a day but actually turns out to be really common really because, like, I have this conversation like daily with moms that have babies that are miserable and I'm like just try a couple weeks with less or none and see and yeah. like, I don't know how I could do it can I have lactose for I'm like no it's the cow's milk protein not the lactose and some moms are like oh, I don't know how I'm going to deal with drinking milk i've never drank milk like that in my uh, life but yeah so my brother does it. too yeah, yeah. some like people grew up drink, like that and it's, they a grow, like it's it. the way you grow you grew up because yeah. i didn't I mean, grow a lot up of kids would drink we grew up in the same milk. household yeah. i don't fucking drink milk right. like that well yeah. a lot of kids drink like shitloads of milk like i i've i've kids yeah. in the practice that drink like a liter or two of milk a day like every oh day and they're like addicted it's super sugary right i mean yeah super sweet yeah absolutely yeah yeah, I can see. I can see why that is. Um, I like. Don't quote me on this, but from what I understand, it is that um, they are able. Like some cows produce the A two um, protein as opposed to the A one protein, and they're, they're able to isolate that. that. Yeah. Um, so it is much more expensive. Like I got like a like a two liter carton, or, or it wasn't a carton. It was like a beautiful glass bottle from a local um, a local dairy farmer, and it was like twelve dollars. So I was How like, does a consumer know if it's A one or A two? It says right on an A2. Oh, Every, otherwise, everything else is A1. I see. Or a combination. And you could buy that in the grocery store. I've only seen it at like a specialty grocery I store see. in Canada. Huh. In the States, everywhere. You can go to like a Publix and it's it's I'm right curious. there. I'd like to try that. I, yeah. I'm curious. I'm not, a, I'm not a big milk person. Yeah. Except for when I'm pregnant, actually. Mm. So I don't like milk and I don't ever drink juice except... When I'm pregnant, within like a couple of weeks, I'm like, Andrew, can you get some orange juice? He's like, fuck, you're pregnant again. Yeah. <laughs> I, drink, I drink a glass of milk and I drink a glass of orange juice like every day when I'm pregnant. And it's both are pretty gross to me when I'm not pregnant, but yeah, I need them when I'm pregnant. <laughs> it's really bizarre. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of people have like very specific cravings. I didn't have anything. I just had aversion. So. Oh, we had tons of aversions. Yeah. But those are the only things that I like wanted yeah. that wasn't part of like my normal day. Tons of aversions. Way mm. more aversions than those two things. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't need them, but like I'd be like, oh, and a glass of orange juice. To be yeah. lovely right now, and I'd be like, "What is wrong <laughs> with you? I'm just pregnant. That's yeah, all that it is." Yeah, that's not hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the gluten-free thing too is like just. 
cray cray. I think a lot of people have difficulty digesting the protein. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing. Gluten is a protein. It's harder to digest, just like cow's milk protein. And some people feel yucky when they have it. Totally. So totally go gluten free. I-, I could care less if you go gluten free. The dairy free piece is a little bit more challenging because I want to make sure kids get enough calcium. 100%. It's super important. Yeah. But it comes in many, many, many other things. It doesn't have to be any dairy at all. I have dairy allergic patients that get plenty of protein. Uh, sorry, plenty of calcium in their diet. Um, so oh, that part absolutely. I want to make sure they're getting enough calcium. Oh, 100%. But. And I, 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 my only like, especially with children, if we're talking about children, is that like, like almond milk is not a substitute for homo milk, for whole cow's milk. It's, uh, it's got 30 calories a cup. It's, if yeah, we're it's not t- enough fat, either. not enough fat, like not enough calories and it's just going to like fill their, fill their belly and, and then, you know, they're not going to get the, the, get the calories and the fat that they actually need. So that's the only thing that I'm always like when I see that in like mom groups, it's just like, just drink, um, just give them almond milk. I'm like, don't give them vanilla almond milk. Like that's just not like an adequate substitute. Um, but vanilla almond milk is not just almonds ground up yeah, in water. Like yeah. there's a ton of Carrageenan chemicals in them and, and gu- yeah, guar gum chemicals and, and non-real vanilla totally it's a, it's a lot of grossness totally yeah. mm. um we'll and then yeah the with the gluten-free list. like the mm-hmm. interesting thing about the gluten-free phenomenon is that like you know a lot of people will claim that they they feel better on a gluten-free diet and yes we do know that like there is a subset of people who do have non-celiac gluten intolerance um however when you cut out all the shit in your diet because you've gone gluten-free you're probably gonna feel better, like but you know what so I mean. So many gluten-free products now that are just as shitty. Oh, that's what I but mean. Made like with rice and they're made with 100%. wheat. And people think they're healthy. Yeah, that, they buy that's them in my. Droves, mm-hmm. And there's so many options now. Like if you go to any big grocery store, you'll find like whole rows of whole aisles of gluten-free products. The accessibility now, people think it's healthier. They cookies. buy it more. Cookies, it's cookies, yeah. and and everything, cakes, yeah. bread. and bread, health halo. They're not. Yeah almost ever healthier. No. You know, they don't necessarily have more fiber. They often have less fiber. Less fiber. And that's one thing I always counsel people on is like, you know, you might think that you're like, my mother-in-law would always like ask for the gluten-free one. I'm like, you know, it has less protein and less fiber than the whole wheat option. And more sugar. And more sugar. And you're not gluten intolerant. So just fucking go with the, the whole wheat one. Like, yeah. come on. Um, but that's a very common, you know, it's a health halo. So it's a very common phenomenon. We we associate these these kind of like sensationalized terms. Buzzy as, words. Yeah, yeah buzzy as words as, as always being healthier whether it says vegan on the front cover or non-gmo or organic or or gluten-free or dairy-free or whatever it is it doesn't necessarily make it means like healthier turn the cover over look at the nutrition label look at the ingredients that to me is a much tells a much bigger story yeah. so How do you funny feel about organic actually now that you mentioned the organic, oh that's a really a whole other big conversation it's a huge conversation and my my honest uh kind of bottom line is like it, I mean, it's so. The, the research suggests that organic foods are no no healthier than non organic foods. So, if accessibility is is an issue for you, then like I'd rather you eat a lot more fruits and vegetables that are conventional than you limit your consumption because you can only afford a certain number of organic fruits and vegetables. One apple. Yeah, like versus a barrel of apples. And wash it. Yeah, wash it. Wash it. Or wash it. it. I mean, don't peel apples because there's a lot Good of fiber. Yeah, fiber in the apple. But um, if it's a food that you can peel, the organic probably doesn't mean anything. So I actually no, agree. It doesn't. Hundred percent with you. I've looked at the evidence a lot. Yeah. I've written some articles about this. Organic is not healthier. There is zero evidence. There's actually some evidence it's less healthy. Yeah, in some, some cases. Um, in some cases. So I I go with what I call the ick factor. It gives me the icks when animals or milk or eggs of animals if they're given a lot of hormones, totally. estrogens, antibiotics, that gives me the icks. Yeah. I don't know that it's dangerous. There's not great evidence around it, but it gives me the icks. And so right. if I if it's accessible to me, 
to, to purchase like free range, you know, grass fed animal or protein milk, is different cetera, I think, than vegetables. Yeah. Um, then that, that makes me feel comfy. And if I can yes. afford it, I will. Some fruits, you know, there's more pesticides than others, you know, things that like pick up a lot of pesticides, like, you know, like a, a strawberry, for example, that has all these like nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel more comfortable, get that organic, but we don't always do that. Otherwise I just, you know, wash them a bit more well than I would otherwise. Every fruit or vegetable has some kind of pesticides on it. Things totally. don't grow without some, yeah. Yeah. especially in Ontario. Yeah. I mean, it depends where you live, of course, but like in Canada, like it's friggin' freezing most of the year. Like there, there has to be some help involved. So to think that anything is completely pesticide free, unless you're growing in your backyard, like that's not happening. And even then, like your own personal farm, like you have something that's helping yeah. things grow. Anyway. Yeah. So like the dirty dozen people. Totally. Talk about I hate that, that dirty dozen stuff. That, that have like more pesticides, whatever. Anyway. So for, I go by the ick factor, but yeah. there's truly no convincing evidence that organic means shit for your health. Yeah, I, I 100% mm-hmm. agree. And so, yeah, it's a personal choice. And and the reality is, is that like, you know, there are organic pesticides that they are, that farmers use. Um, they may not be synthetic, but they're organic and organic pesticides do not necessarily mean that they're healthier for us. We don't actually know that. In fact, there have been organic pesticides that have been pulled from the market because they found that they were so dangerous. They were yeah. causing disease. So, you know, we, we really don't know what is better. Not to mention, I know a lot of farmers um, because because my husband comes from a, a farming lineage, and and so we, you know, fa- friends of uh, family, friends, and things like that, have told us like even on the organic farms at night, they fucking spray them. So uh, not to be like a conspiracy theorist, yeah. but like you kind of need to know your farmers. If you're going to invest yeah. the money in organics, know your farmers. Go to, That's my... Go to the north, of, north yeah. of the city and go buy the eggs themselves off the... Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, I like to do that a lot. And it's funny, Dina, I once read a book and I, I think it was like the skinny bitch diet or something probably Ugh. 12 years ago. Yeah. But the one thing that resonated with me was like they are giving hormones, injecting like like chemicals into a cow to make them fat and then you're eating that chemical that made that cow fat. Well, so just so, just so you know, in Canada, yeah. we um, no Canadian dairy consumes any, um, all Canadian dairy has no antibiotics or artificial growth, growth hormones. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the... Canadian dairy. Canadian dairy. Mm-hmm. Does everything we eat come from Canada? Yes. Really? At this time, yes. Um, we don't except eat any American or, or... No. We don't... Everything we eat is Canadian? So you just want to look for the little blue cow yeah. that denotes that it's a Canadian dairy product. Um, but uh, but yes, we, we, we have like cheeses and things like that that are from Europe or everywhere. Course, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but from my understanding is like all the, the laws that govern dairy um, are pretty strict though that might be changing. So you want to look for, okay, yeah, you just want to look for the little blue cow and that, yeah. you know, so that it's, it's made with Canadian dairy. How about vegan wines? Vegan wines? Vegan so wine. Aren't they all fucking vegan? No. What's not vegan, vegan about wine? Is that you don't use pesticides on the wine. That would mean because like, you mean organic wine. You organic, mean organic, organic wine. wine and oh. yeah. vegan wine. Vegan. vegan, vegan. Oh, I forget what it is, but there's such a thing as vegan wine. And Maybe it's something to do with the bees. No bees. Oh, are, that's right. Like, oh. No bees. Oh. Are, no, that's right. So there's no bees, or there's something about it. I gotta look into it. Bees but. are fucking awesome. They're amazing. Yeah, bees are. I don't know. I mean, bees, bees, bees actually bees. scare the shit out of me. Andrew's laughing because I'm terrified of bees. I actually <laughs> have one fear in life, and it's bees. Really? I really bees freak the. Fuck are you out allergic? Of me. I don't know. The boys? I don't think. Are so. they allergic? No, Andrew, ironically, Andrew is is allergic. <laughs> he had like immunotherapy when he was a kid. Yeah. So he like legit is allergic and was allergic. I don't think any of our kids have been stung, but I. I actually have like panic attacks when I see bees. I really don't like them. But I try really hard not to freak out. But everything about a bee freaks me out. But I think they're amazing for the environment. And like honey is, I'm, I'm keto. I don't even need honey. But I think yeah. honey is awesome. Um, and they're so good for our environment in lots of ways. But oh, I know. So good. It's interesting to me how, how someone would feel like... Uh, 
I'm all about whatever rocks your boat, right? You want to be vegan as long as yeah. you eat a variety of things. I'm cool with that. Do your thing. But it's funny to me that like something like honey, which is made by bees doing what they do. Like, it's not like you're forcing them to make honey. Yeah. It's yeah. what they do to live and yeah. to like, you know, support their, their, their comb and whatever that that would be seen <laughs> as like, like I just hear Jerry Seinfeld plays yeah, like, I don't know. It's, animal it's very cruelty. interesting to me. I don't know. Or like I, how how a, how a chicken is just doing their normal business. And we don't make an the egg, rules. How we don't how we can't eat it. Yeah, but it's just doing them. its shit. Like yeah. it's going to lay an egg whether you eat it the egg or not. It's going to eat the egg. You're right. It's interesting to me. I don't know how people feel That's, so so strongly about certain things. Yeah, I I can't answer those questions. It has a membrane, but yeah, I mean slaughtering an animal. I get that. Like you're killing an animal that was others alive. Totally, I I understand that. You know, if you're Cow, the honey milk. thing is weird and I understand to me. like you know they you know you're working the cow and you're keeping the cow caged and whatever to get the milk but like a bee is gonna make fucking honey man yeah. and the chicken's gonna lay the egg yeah like, yeah do it anyway totally well, urban farming is farm. becoming a thing right totally. like yep. people are you can have a chicken in Toronto Andrew's yeah. all about having the chicken we, we have a hundred we have a hundred yeah. chickens he you do have chickens? No, we have a hundred oh. of them though. In um, we have a farm in kind of uh, Durham region. We have a hundred chickens, so we have unlimited fucking eggs. And, and they so are do you eat all their amazing. eggs? Yeah, they yeah. are orange. They're gorgeous. They're yeah. like so bright and amazing. Who tends the chickens? Um, we have a farm farm hands yeah. that I'm do like, that's it. a lot of work. Oh yeah, chickens. yeah, it's nonstop. Um, but it's my husband's like pet project, and so yeah, they're. I want to try some of your so, eggs. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll bring you some. They are so different. amazing. Like, and and say, like the other oh, yeah. thing about the um, organic meat thing, yeah. I truly think, and I think I can yes. taste test this effect. Yes, it's that true. Like, eggs. You know, um, eggs and yes. meat that's like grass fed and hanging yes. out. Tastes and not walk, way better. It does, does taste, taste better. better. I, I can tell. If anyone doesn't tell yeah. me, I know if the meat is organic. Yeah. I just know it is. It's better. And I actually think berries are much better too if they're organic. Yeah. There's something yeah. them. They're more sweet. There's something yep. different. Yeah. Um, and I will take anyone up on a taste test. I am so, sure I could tell the I difference. Will t- when I told my dad, he came over and we had organic eggs from the farm. He came over. My father's like only ever bought like the white eggs that are two dollars yeah. or yes, whatever, or like seven, like at Seven Eleven. And Matt like buys eggs that are like yellow, yes. like the yolk is orange. Mm-hmm. And my father's like, mm, the best egg I ever had. Like that's my dad. Yeah. And I was like, because Matt it bought it from the as much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's like, I don't understand. I do but they think they're better. Yeah. Oh, they are, are they better. Yeah. It's based they're on less what they're stressed. Maybe the animal. It's not that. It's it's how they're fed. So like at least our our chickens are fed grass. So the grass has contains beta, beta carotene, which of yes. course is going to go into the egg. The egg gets brighter Yellow. in color. Yeah. Like you can tell when our our eggs. Like harder. it's like one week that week that they go outside into pasture versus they were inside over the winter time. Mm. The egg color one week to the next is like night and day. Oh my god, I mean that's phenomenal. So that's so cool, and it tastes better. Like that, you can taste the flavor and the like the not to like get technical like egg terms, but like the white is like fluffy and plump. What's it, no, but what's it called? It's called al- albumin. Um, okay. I don't know how you pronounce it, but yeah. Albumin. So like yeah, so albumin protein. Yeah, right. and uh, and it just like tastes better and uh. feels better yeah <laughs> versus and we like would do these taste tests where like my husband and i would like go to every like specialty market and buy all the different eggs be like this is what a free range egg looks like this is what the organic this is the omega-3 and we'd like taste all all the different ones and yeah you can taste the difference what's your favorite mine the one that- <laughs> <laughs> it really is though yeah but, and I, I don't know like i don't know what brand they are i just like find them at random markets and what did you learn to cook abby because you're a really good cook thank you um you have a great cookbook thanks great cookbook. yeah what do you know i i i do have you a copy here so i just taught 
I taught my I taught myself. Um, oh, it's so pretty. Basically, yeah. So I love white books. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely different. Um, I I kind of learned like I came from like a non foodie household where um, my mother really did not like enjoy cooking. She's a total Martha Stewart in every other way, but she hated cooking because she had two picky kids. So rightfully so, it was not enjoyable. I'm sure. Um, so I grew up on like Swiss Chalet and uh, and like like yeah. Hamburger Helper, yeah. and I just knew that if I didn't like teach myself how to cook, that yeah. like I'd be eating that way for the rest of my life so well food is so central to your life your identity it is now yeah yeah it is is your husband into food stuff too? yeah I guess he, he likes his eggs for sure like oh yeah he's very much he is into the farmer looks very pretty it's yeah gorgeous. yeah so he he's is a farmer he hired people dude yeah 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 he calls himself a farmer but i'm like honey when no you employ the farmer. Yeah, I, don't yeah. know, I love the idea of, okay these are two concepts i love which is totally off a little bit off topic but i love the idea of like a community like a like a postal code getting together and so, like buying a farm and getting farmers and like I you would know totally do that, that like if you, anyone you're, to buy a farm with me yeah and have animals and yeah. all about having animals <laughs> and Andrew's cool. flipping it you right now guys buy an animal? Yeah. He's oh, like, oh, he's oh, that's what he wants. I was no. like, am I missing something? I feel like I know. I feel no, like I, I would know love to like, well. you know, if it's a hundred miles from Toronto, that sort of thing. I know yeah. like eating local is a thing, but like really like you are the owner of the farm. He's a show out of work and a pl- lot of money. Of course it is. It is but I'm talking about a utopian where we like know exactly kibbutz. our food source. <laughs> it's kibbutz. I would love urban kibbutz. <laughs> And then the other thing I like the idea of listen to this, Dina. I didn't tell you about this, and Abby, this might be interesting to you. Always so, has ideas. Big ideas. It's always fun when they come up on the on the podcast. Yeah, it's love good. it. This Here's is good. This new business idea. This is idea. I always, I, me and Dina are always shoot, shooting love business it. ideas. So, it's but listen pretty. to this I one. Like your book. Thank yeah. you. We buy a house, okay, a huge house, like you know, I'm talking about like 16 bedrooms, and you get like like <laughs> nine families together in the same house, mm-hmm. owning this like 23 million dollar house. And the reason I think about that is because I think about the idea that like there's a housing crisis in the city of Toronto yes. and I want to own like a nice piece of property. I just bought a house and moved into a house. I paid a lot of money for it. And you guys have beautiful homes. Obviously you worked harder for those things, but imagine a community living in like a man, like a fucking mansion where there's a huge pool and a tennis court and all those amenities, but there's a lot of families living together. It's called the like, condo. No, but Dina, I'm talking about... It's like up. a kibbutz. No, but like you've made the decision to live with your friends, basically, oh, and I raise see. your children communally. And not kill each other. Sister not, wives. No, but basically like... <laughs> guys, can you imagine if we could drink wine together every night or yeah, do whatever yeah. or like have a group workout class at 6 a.m. doing yoga And if our husbands want to hang out with us, hang out with each right, other. Right, hang out with each other or whatever or like having like a fucking movie theater where like there's people there with... Anyways, I just have this idea see, of like... The yeah. epitome of like it takes a village, right? Like, but how yeah. fun would it be? Now that you have kids, it changes I think it's things, a bit, right? I, mean, I think it's a cool idea, but it's also like a conceptual utopia that like could work really well or you could all kill each other. Totally. Right. When, when it was a very complicated pay, mortgage. When, but yeah, exactly. When it was someone, someone didn't pay their mortgage or whatever. Actually, but what a, if everyone contributed differently? It is yeah. a keyboard. Some people do contribute. Some people stay home and take care of the kids. Someone is the fucking, I don't yeah, know, farmer. I think that's probably hard to, to enforce, right? There was actually an article <coughs> in Toronto Life about this a couple months ago. People, like friends coming together and buying houses because they couldn't afford it otherwise. And like one family would live in the basement and one would live upstairs. So smart. I think it's brilliant. All the mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think in place like, places like Toronto where real estate is yeah, crazy Aurora, expensive. you get like a huge mansion. Figure your shit out together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. You want to live with us for a couple mm-hmm. days and yeah. see how we, see how we get along? She's your neighbor's wife. I would love it. Yeah. Dina was sitting by the pool the other day. Andrew's <laughs> not into this idea. We all went to summer camp together. So we basically... Okay, got it. Anyways. Anyways, you were sitting by the pool the other day and I was like, oh my God, I would be sitting next to Dina. I, I would like, do that. come over. She's like, I'm fucking packing. I'm fucking packing. Yeah. Abby, thank you so much. Thank Any you last so words much. advice for our listeners? You're such uh, a pleasure. Uh, I was going to I was going to have you guys talk about breast milk because I know it's also supposed to but maybe for another podcast. We'll do a whole breast milk now podcast. Now I kind of want to know what you're talking about. Abby? Breast milk? Dina and you both have, you, 
oh. donate and have had a lot oh. of breast yes. milk stuff happen. Yeah. Which no. is also feeding nutrition. Hey, so let's talk about sense. that for a minute because I think yeah. the donation piece definitely is not spoken about a lot. I mean, breastfeeding woes we've spoken about, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dina pr- donated 50 liters? Uh, I don't even know what it was total because I donated for two kids, but like uh-huh. 15 liters. Yeah, I, I never I never donated. Um, I but I donated. S- no, I've just frozen 100 liters, but like I struggled like fucking crazy yeah. to get my feed, my my feed, my supply yeah. up throughout that year. And um, and I was able to freeze 100 liters by the time my son turned one and I stopped pumping, but I exclusively pumped. And you stopped, Abby? I stopped. Oh my God, how I, do you feel? I'm fucking amazing. She was, it was pumping the like best. a Champ. I, I, it was, it was all consuming. If it was like, gold medal in pumping, you would get it. <laughs> I, yeah. I fucking should really, honestly, <laughs> like I know it was, and I look back and I'm like, what the fuck was I just like crazy because it was my whole life. <laughs> yeah. I was pumping. So you didn't breastfeed. I didn't, I couldn't. Um, my son never latched. He had mm-hmm. his lip tongue ties released and nothing worked. Um, it was so frustrating and so heartbreaking. And you know, you feel like such a fucking failure because yeah. everyone tells you breast is best and even though as a dietitian, I like, I know, and I tell people fed is best. It was just like, I judged myself so hard that this was like, my body was letting me down on this. Um, I'm also an IVF mom. So like, I just felt like it was another blow. Like, fuck, like why, why could I not do this too? Like I couldn't get pregnant and now I can't breastfeed. Um, so I exclusively pumped for the full year around the clock um like how many the, times a day well at the beginning it was i think 12 times a day Holy and shit. then i got it down to for most of the year it was nine times a day and then i started to kind of drop them um but how it was many, like, how many minutes were you pumping for each time um between 20 and then at the end it was up to like 35 once i started to have only a few times so i think i calculated um by the end that i had pumped a total of 36 full 24-hour days um so it was a lot of my life. I've never thought through, but I should think through how many hours of my life I've breastfed or yeah. pumped. Because it's like, even still, my son's 21 months yeah. and I still breastfeed him like three to four times a day for anywhere between 15 and 50 minutes and half an hour. Still at 21 months. And like, if you think about the beginning when you're feeding totally. for an hour, Constantly. You know, mm-hmm. like seven, eight times a day, yeah. years of my years. life, I'm yeah. sure years, mm-hmm. maybe two years of my life I've been breastfeeding because I breastfed, you know, for, for between 13 months and 21 months yeah. and pumped a shit because yeah. I pumped on top of that for donation oh, and for amazing. and whatever. Anyway, cray cray. Yeah. It is crazy. So did you use all that hundred liters? Did you, I'm you still working it? through it. I'm I still working through it. I took one. Yeah, I, some of it? I, 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 they won't take it after the fact. Like I've heard like it's so, I looked into it and it's just like. No, I mean, it depends if you took meds and all these kind of things. Yeah, but, but I probably did. Like I probably factors. drank. Like <laughs> I suppose we didn't want to take it. drink a little bit. You can? We cannot, but drink, yeah. you, you yeah? can have a bit of alcohol. Okay. Yeah. But I think it's like an average of one a day or something. Um, So in Toronto, it's cyanide. Oh yeah, they test it, right? Nixon breast milk donation program yeah and uh and you i'm sorry Abby, i assume that you things. had that much because you were planning on donating no uh, i mean like i just i i just was like a habit i just gave it yeah it just yeah. became a habit and i was yeah. honestly scared of like completely losing my supply yeah. and i had it in my head as like i like failed at this breastfeeding thing so i had it in my head as this goal that i needed to make it to his first birthday i'm gonna keep pumping even though i had a freezer completely full of milk but and I like got to his first birthday and then it took me like a few weeks more to like completely wean down, wean off for without getting mastitis for the sixth time. Um, so Poor yeah, I just kind of just were you kept a super going. Producer? Were you getting tons every time? At you the end, um, at the beginning, no. Like I had to go on Domperidon and everything to like actually get ma- start making enough. But once I started making enough, 
then I started producing a little bit extra and I was freezing like, you know, maybe a couple hundred mils every single day. And then that just kind of added up. So now I had a lot, I'm still working through it and, and my son loves it. So I'm happy about that. But that's great. Yeah, no, but it, you know, it's such an emotional journey for a lot of, um, Oh my God, it's so hard. I mean, I can imagine. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've written about that on my blog quite a lot. And then, and the feedback I've gotten is like, you know, thank you so much for talking about this. Cause like I failed at it Mm. and the exclusively pumping community is actually really large. And I I have a lot of moms that are, yeah, it's not a a fail by the way. No, I know it's not. I know. I know that language I think is so jarring. There's a lot of guilt associated with it. I I felt so guilty. Like I, I, you know, I had a lot of difficulties breastfeeding my yeah. first, and Me too. I did end up getting to a point where I was breastfeeding him, though he always had supplement, yeah. and I never had enough to pump extra. Like yeah. I did pump, and I tube that, and I yeah, took did all I took Peridone, the whole. Like I did all of it, and now I'm very much a, a breastfeeding um, uh, expert, and I'm very passionate about it. And I have the clinic, totally the kid crew, and you know, I, I'm I'm very outspoken about it as well because there is a feeling of failure. There's a feeling of why can't I do this? My body is made to do this. I carried this baby. Why the fuck can't I feed the baby? Yeah. Like, and it make, makes you feel like a failure and it makes you feel like your body's not doing what it's supposed to do. Totally. But most women, in my experience, 90% plus have difficulties with breastfeeding in oh, some yeah. kind of way, especially with the first baby. So we should talk about that. Yeah. You know, baby I doesn't know. necessarily come out and suck yeah. and you're good to go. Like totally. most women have challenges with that. Truly, I see many newborn babies with their moms and most women have difficulty. This yeah. is a reality. Oh yeah. So I know I, I tell more. all, I tell all my friends that now because like, I wish I was easier on myself. Like when I look back on this first baby and what I plan to do differently, secondly, as like with, you know, subsequent children is like, I just will be easier on myself and yeah. kinder to myself because, um, I like, I, didn't I didn't need to kill myself over something like this like mm-hmm. that didn't define me and in fact like exclusively pumping in a lot of ways like I'm so proud of what I did and, and what I gave my son yeah. um, but I also feel like it took away from time that I could spend with my son because I was always fucking hooked up to this ball and chain mm-hmm. and everyone else around me got to feed him um, but like I didn't get that time of like even if I was like bottle feeding with like formula like who fucking cares at least I got to do it versus like there's only so many hours in the day so like while I was hooked up to the pump someone else had to feed him mm-hmm. so I kind of lost those those hours in that time yeah, that, that all or nothing thing and is another thing right so that black right. or white all or nothing right I'm a failure or I win yeah like right. all yeah. this we have to re 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 we have to change how we think about totally. Kind of and and like, can we can we also talk about Abby? Like you are a mom boss, right? Like it wasn't like you were sitting at home eating bonbons no, watching no, Netflix. No bonbons. Like, <laughs> you were working. <laughs> yeah. From the time that kid was I born, did. right? I and was it was right reinvention to some degree. You actually, you could still it is. pump and work on your computer. It is. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely the benefit. But you have to give yourself some credit. I mean, you really also. What's interesting about some women I know is women come to the creator community as moms, in which other moms have to re-identify and sort of shift their sense of self and mm-hmm. how they are positioned in who their audience is because they become moms and that's a change also and you sort of had a very public relationship with motherhood yeah. from the get-go because you were a public figure so totally i think that's interesting for you to sort of say like i'm just gonna grab the bull by the horns and be like very honest about my experience and to some degree you know i've seen i've seen you actually share some very public things i was like go abby like yeah. just go so i want you to know i support you Thank and you. all of your trials and tribulations because that's fucking motherhood babe it is and that's what this is about i think for us for the podcast is like you are not alone yeah and every time we talk about it and we keep talking about it and we in perpetuity this is going to exist of us talking about the fact that you are not a fucking failure you're a fucking mom boss who grabbed me parenting by the ass and you like killed it right you knocked it out of the park so i'm glad as the jews say say, say, yeah i feel like it's really great that you said um 
I could have spent more time with my kid right. because I say this to moms a lot, and I think Taya spoke to this too. Like she talked about like the magic on the podcast. Oh. She spoke about breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. With I, was, I heard Taya. that, yeah. But um, I see this a lot where moms become pathologically obsessed with exclusive breastfeeding or exclusive pumping, mm-hmm. exclusive um, breastfeeding, yes. or breast milk. milk. Yeah, yeah. And they lose part of the experience of being a mom, which often sucks in the first couple months anyway. Is yeah, as it's terrible. A lot. <laughs> it's worse. But um, but if you're so focused on just breastfeeding, you're missing the cuddle and the yep. time and watching them sleep because you're just so fucking tired yep. from obsessively spending time feeding your baby or thinking about feeding your baby or thinking about how you're going to fix feeding your baby, all that. So, you know, I've said before, I think to my knowledge, there's no evidence that shows 100% breast milk versus 50% breast milk versus 10% breast milk is any different for your baby. If your baby gets some breast milk, amazing. If you can't do that... I'm sorry. I know that's probably hard for you, but you'll if you can give some breast milk or you know some breastfeeding or some you know just time of cuddles with totally. your baby, that is super valuable for your kid. And we don't actually know that 100% breast milk changes anything for your kid. Yeah, some breast milk is good. So if you could just do a bit, but otherwise enjoy the experience, enjoy that magic, as Taya says. Mm-hmm. I think that's more valuable. I, that's I, my I favorite agree. thing from that podcast with, with Newman and Taya was she just looking at me and saying. It's magic. And I was like, yeah, it's unexplainable. And that's the thing, mm-hmm. right? And that's the part where like, um, you know, I I wish other people understood. It right? doesn't yeah. have to be 100% in or 100% out. There's right. no like and that success too, or failure with that dichotomy. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be 100% breast milk, yeah. 100% yeah. not. Yeah. And I think like, you know, you, you asked me like, what do I want people to know? I think like yeah. in general, that's like a really important lesson that can like transcends everything. It's like, it doesn't need to be a hundred percent, whether it's like your diet or, you know, right. what you feed your kids or, you know, how, how you run your, 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 your career versus your, your motherhood experience. Like yeah. you don't need to, you know, we need to like let go of that kind of perfection, like all or nothing black and white dichotomy yeah. um, thinking. Um, Cause that's really where we, we, we get into trouble with our physical and emotional health in general. And who gets to decide what's perfection anyway? Yeah, totally. Who is that person? And yeah. I think for me, like part of my fight sign is living in the gray, you know? Yeah, totally. Like, I, I embrace the gray, yeah. you know? And like sometimes things are great and something things so are bad. And I'm a very yeah. public figure in that sense where yeah. like I'm a mom and I'm a hot mess mom and that's okay. And I'm like not trying to be the gold standard. Yeah. I'm trying to be the gold standard of gray. Gold standard? Yeah. Who is yeah. that anyway? Like who's, who gets to determine like... Yeah. I'm a physician. I know all the evidence, right? There is no best. There's no, no right. 100% of anything. Yeah. You know, what what you what you feel comfortable with as a parent, yeah. it might be different than someone else, but there's no better. Like I said, there's no recipe. You can't right. recipe parenthood. Right. Absolutely. There's, there's gray. And, and today is different than tomorrow when your kid might have... Says a know, cookbook author yeah. and a pediatrician, there's no yeah. recipe for parenthood. Right. Yeah, That's so really nice. Isn't. That's really a very isn't. nice, like it's sort of like a nice yeah. bow on the whole right. conversation. Nice yeah. yeah. Dean, what did you learn, babe? Um, you know, I just, I, I love when I talk to people and they, yeah. um, there's an affirmation of like what I already believe, but coming from a different expert, like in, in a similar field, but you know, the an expert more in the nutrition field, yeah. I think it's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I learned about this milk, this A milk and the oh, B the milk. A, B milk. Yeah. 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 Take a look. The one and two thing I've never yeah. You have a hundred chickens. I'm going to come over and yeah. get eggs. Yeah. I seriously want some eggs. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. Do, yeah. do that. Like I'm, we're going to bug you. We can do brunch and we'll do brunch. We'll do brunch and eggs. Yeah. For sure. 
It's funny that you go for brunch on Saturday and Sunday, but you have these fresh eggs. Yeah, we ate like eggs every single day. Like, right. Right. so we're over you the know, eggs. yeah, we're <laughs> over the eggs. Yeah. I put eggs in everything. So, yeah, it's all good. Oh my god! Yeah. If you want to find uh, Abby, where do we find you, Abby? Um, my blog is abbyskitchen.com. You can also join my uh, new Facebook group. It's called the Millennial Mom's Guide to Mindful Meal Planning. So you can uh, just request access for that, and you can join us in. We got lots of great tips for planning meals and picky eating. You're getting some good action on there, Abby. Yeah, it's really it. fun. Um, Good for you. And of course, my YouTube channel and Instagram is at Abby's Kitchen as well. Thanks Thank for you. coming. Thank Yay. you for having me. Thanks, Andrew. Moms that say fuck. Moms that say fuck. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We hope you really enjoy the content. We are eager to chat with the most interesting people about topics you care about. Please connect with us on social media at Moms That Say, at Moms TO, and at Dr. Dina Kulik and share your comments, requests, and to continue the conversation. If you want to hear more, click subscribe and rate us too. We're all about the feedback because this podcast is for you. Have a great rest of week. Until next time.